All right, good morning, brothers and sisters. Uh, I'm so happy to, to be with you this morning. Uh, it's uh, always a pleasure to me to be here with you. And this week, Pastor David uh, texted me and said, Enrique, can you come to, pray, to preach in the church so I'm, I'm sick? So that's why I'm here. And a uh, few weeks ago, Pastor David went to my church to preach there. So it's always a pleasure to come here to receive him in the church. So and uh, um, I hope he will get better soon. And uh, uh, I hope she, he will be here next Sunday. So uh, thank you, uh, Mark, for reading the, the, the passage. And uh, thinking about the uh, Christmas time, I was thinking about the Christmas time uh, uh, is coming. So and I'd like to, to share with you uh, a message that I... I consider so important for us in these days. So um, I'd like to share with you um, how can we be prepared for Christmas? Uh, what, should, what should we do in order to be prepared for Christmas? And uh, I'd like to say that there are many ways uh, to be prepared for Christmas. Uh, sometimes we can buy new clothes. Uh, we can buy new ornament, ornament for Christmas tree. We can buy gifts. We can make good food. We can call friends to, to be with us and so on. But um, today I'd like to share with you uh, from the Word of God uh, one way we can be prepared for Christmas. That's uh, the message I'd like to share with you before you have our whole communion today. Um, I'd like to say that uh, for the coming of Christ into the world, there was an intense preparation. When you read, for example, Genesis 3.15, it says, And I will put empty between you and the woman. And between your offspring and hers, he will crush your head and you strike his heel. It's a preparation for Christ coming to the world. And uh, the, the prophet Isaiah, as Mark read the, 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 the passage, 700 years earlier, he said about Jesus, and I'm going to read the text again. For to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding with justice and righteousness from the time and on and forever, the zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. It was said 700 years early 
the Jesus birth. What I'm trying to, uh, to say is God work through the human history in order to prepare the coming of the Messiah. For example, in that time, the Roman Empire dominated the world. In that time, and, uh, in that time they built uh, roads and facilitated the access to Rome. It was also the time called the Pax Romana, that is a period of relative peace. The culture and philosophy on the time were intensely influenced by the Greek mentality who wanted to know the meaning of life and how to read God. And in, this, in, the, in, uh, in his letter to the Galatians, Paul declares, but when the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, Galatians 4, 4. God was leading all aspects of the human history so that Jesus was born at the most opportunity, opportune time. And when the time was ready, Jesus was born according to the scriptures. We can say that Jesus was born exactly at the time designed to this, designed to this. God is his part for the arrival of the Messiah. But on the other hand, God, God says that we need to do our part too. As the scripture says, prepare the way of the Lord. As God did his part in terms of prepare the word for uh, the Jesus uh, birth, the scripture says we need to be prepared. We need to prepare our lives for Christ too. And uh, John the Baptist came to prepare the birth of Christ, the coming of Christ. And he came to help people prepare to receive Christ. That's why he started preaching in the desert. And um, according to this passage, Luke 3, 1 to 8, John the Baptist um, teaches at least three steps we are supposed to take in order to be prepared for Christmas. The first step is Christmas is the time to prepare the path for the Lord to pass. Prepare the, prepare the road for the Lord. What does it mean for us? What does it mean to prepare your roads, prepare your heart to the Lord? What does it mean? It, it means... Um, Fix, fix your lives. Make the roads straight. Remove the stones. 
and the tortuosity of your life. In other words, what the scripture says is, solve all the things. Throw away situations that we have dragged for years. Throw away bad feelings that we carry in our soul. Fix relationships that are pending but, need, but that need a solution. Christmas is also the time to us to organize our lives. Christmas is an inspiring time to organize our lives and that we cannot miss this rich opportunity that the time brings to us. Remember, Jesus is God's declaration of love to us. And we need to respond to this declaration of love. So the first step we have to, to take for being prepared for Christmas is that prepare the path for the Lord. Fix our lives. I mean, it's, Christmas is a time for uh, think about our lives. Is something wrong with me? Is something wrong in my relationship? Is something wrong in my heart? Uh, is there any bad feeling I'm holding in my soul? It's time to fix that. That's the first step. The second step is Christmas is a time for repentance. Christmas is a time for repentance. It seems, it seems that this idea of repentance doesn't suit Christmas because Christmas is a time for party, for joy, for gifts, for good food, for new clothes, for uh, decorated house, decorated church. It seems that talking about repentance on that day uh, doesn't suit Christmas because uh, it seems that it's not good to talk about repentance on Christmas because repentance is, is, is related to regret, to sadness. In Christmas, it's time for joy, for party. After all, regrets has to do with sadness, with crying, taking the blame, and so on. But according to the scripture, this is how we should prepare ourselves for Christmas, with a repentant heart. Repentance is a deep awareness of how sinful we are. And how much we need the God's grace. It's a cleansing the soul. It is removing the sinful from our heart. The dirt for our mind. The dirt for our lips. Repentance is the desire to abandon sinful attitudes and thoughts. And start over in another direction. Repentance of sins is the first condition to us to receive God's forgiveness. Repentance 
is accompanied by personal brokenness and humiliation. The Bible says that God is close to those who have a broken heart. So, let's change our attitudes this Christmas. Because Christmas is a time for repentance too. And the third step is Christmas is a time to feel uncomfortable. Christmas is a time to feel uncomfortable. I, I, I try to explain this. When uh, John the Baptist was preaching, the Jews said to him, well, well John, uh, we are already children of Abraham. That is nothing wrong with us. We are children of Abraham. So that's fine. Everything is fine with us. Our situation before God is guaranteed. So everything is done. So there is no problem. Why are you preaching to us? We are children of Abraham. But John the Baptist said to them, well, uh, don't be very sure about it because God can beget children of Abraham even from the rocks. God doesn't need us. We are the one who need him. Those people, the Jewish, were so comfortable with what they thought was the truth about themselves. And you know, they were so accommodated. You know, um, I'm not sure if that's the same word in Portuguese, but uh, when in Portuguese we say someone is very accommodated, uh, we, we mean to say that guy doesn't want to change. You know, that someone um, doesn't uh, uh, change his situation. He's so comfortable in that situation. He don't, he don't see any need to change. Even though when you look at, the, look at the, his life and you can see some, something is, is wrong with him. Something is not working in his life. But he said, no, no, I'm, I'm fine. Nothing needs to be changed in my life. I'm, I'm totally good. I'm totally fine. Everything is good to me. In Brazil, we say that guy is very accommodated. He's, uh, he's so comfortable in his wrong path, in his wrong life. Does that make sense? All right. So I would say accommodation is an inner and silent enemy because it makes us believe that everything is well and nothing needs to be changed in our lives. Then we think that there is nothing else in us that needs to be changed. But we think, well, uh, maybe others need to be changed. 
Maybe uh, my wife needs to be changed. Maybe my husband has to be changed. Maybe my children. Maybe my parents. Maybe my brothers. Maybe my pastor needs to be changed. Except myself. That's accommodation. Accommodation is an existential and spiritual laziness in the soul. Saying, it's fine like this. But the, the, uh, God's word says we know that there are still many things to be changing in us. So Christmas is not for the accommodated ones. Christmas is not for the kind of people who is accommodated. On the contrary, Christmas wants to dislodge us. You know, dislodge us? Christmas wants to take us out of our comfort zone. Christmas wants to bother us, to challenge us, to take us to a better place, higher levels, better life, better conditions. By his birth, Jesus displaced many people. Listen, he displaced the shepherds who had to leave the field to go to Bethlehem. He dislodged the men from the east who had traveled hundreds of miles to find the newborn following, following the stars. Jesus displaced Mary and Joseph, who left the comfort of, of their home to travel to Bethlehem. Jesus displaced King Herod, who was troubled in his soul, thinking about the future king of Israel. So Jesus wants to dislodge us too. Jesus wants to dislodge us of our addictive thoughts, of our sinful feelings, of our hardened heart, of our destructive habits, of our indifference, of our unbeliefs, of our selfishness. So Christmas is a time to feel uncomfortable, to think about I need to change my life. If in this Christmas you feel uncomfortable, it's a very good uh, sign that God is working in your heart. And to conclude my message, I'd like to say the three steps to be prepared for Christmas. Just to remind you, okay? First, fix your pets. Second, repent. Third, don't settle. Don't settle for your current situation. Because I would say there are there are different ways to be prepared for Christmas. But what the Bible says is it's not about gifts, it's not about parties, it's not about food, 
but it will definitely make us more prepared to receive, to receive the life of Jesus. If you fix our lives, if you repent, and if you change our current situations, I think if you take these steps, the Christmas will be much more intense, much more rich for all of us. And I hope that you, this church is going to have a wonderful Christmas because of these steps. And I hope each of you take this step in your lives for a better, an intense, a deep, and a blessed Christmas. Amen. Amen. All right. Now is the time for our Holy Communion. There is a passage I love to, he- to read every time when you have our uh, communion in my church. And I'd like to read this passage uh, to you. Matthew chapter 26 from verse 26 to 30. It says, While... They were eating. 